Hello folks, Eric from Hit Subscribe here, and um, I am doing yet another installment of the Freelancer Q&A series that we've been doing for a while here now. Today's question is, uh, should I start a bank account to freelance? What about a credit card and stuff like that? Um, so this is one, I kind of like go back to what I did in some of the earlier videos and say like, full disclosure, I'm not an accountant, nor am I a lawyer. Um, so what you're getting from me here is advice kind of based on my field experience, um, freelance moonlit for a lot of years, uh, as well as I've started like multiple businesses. So um, I'm going to draw on that experience to give you like what I would do in your position, my personal recommendations. The short answer to this question is um, yes, if you're going to uh, conduct business um, for yourself, I would definitely start a business bank account and probably have a credit card in just about every circumstance, um, but there's a lot more to it than that. So um, let me kind of list the things that I would um, recommend doing in order to conduct a business and then um, maybe run through each of those in sequence and, um, and kind of talk about why they're necessary and why I would do them. So um, whether you're... Um, whether you're going into business for yourself like full-time as a freelancer or moonlighting, I would still personally do all these things. Uh, I'll put it up here on YouTube. I've talked about it before, but I see little downside to um, incorporating and getting set up this way, even just a moonlight. There's not a lot of cost involved. Uh, I, the fees to create a bank account, for instance, are going to be minimal if they exist at all. Um, and again, same thing with the incorporation fees that you might incur when getting started. So... I personally would do that even just to do a little bit of moonlighting, but absolutely, certainly, if you're going to freelance and do it full-time, I would do these things. So specifically, I would get um, what's called a, uh, an EIN. Uh, this is for the U.S. Employer Identification Number. Uh, for tax purposes, I would also um, form an LLC, specifically an LLC if you're going to freelance. Um, and then from there, I would suggest having a checking account, a savings account, a credit card, and then um, I would actually set up a PayPal account. All of those I would consider to be kind of um, table stakes, I guess, for getting started with your business's finances. Uh, and then I'll kind of walk through um, why I would do all that and why I would have something uh, separately. So uh, the first thing you might wonder is, like, why not just do it with your personal finances? Um, so you go out and you do some moonlighting, you know, say you write for it, subscribe, and then we write a check to you and you cash it in your personal account. What's so wrong with that? Well, if you're doing a little bit of moonlighting, you know, say writing for it, subscribe, you write a few articles a month or something. Uh, there's no real problem with that, um, kind of. Uh, so you're not going to get in any trouble. It's not going to create any real heartache for you. It will be maybe slightly harder at the end of the year for you to um, uh, figure out some things tax-wise, although... If you're using a CPA, if you're having your taxes done, they'll be able to sort that out. But in terms of a precedent, um, doing business through your personal account, if you're just in business for yourself, meaning you're a sole proprietor, you're commingling your personal and business finances. And um, as a precedent, that can make it hard, harder to untangle those things later. Um, from a, a liability perspective, if you're, um, say you form an LLC, one of the reasons that you form an LLC is because it's a limited liability company. So the business, if you somehow get sued in the course of doing business, when you have an LLC, you can't be personally sued 
unless you do uh, what's called piercing the corporate veil, which is commingling your business and personal interests. So if you are doing that, or if you're not in an LLC and somebody sues you, uh, they can you know go after your car and your house and your children. Uh, just kidding about that, but um, the first two uh, they can. So um, if you're going to go to the bother of forming an LLC, absolutely 100% uh, have separate business finances because if you don't, you run the risk of um, walking back the benefits you get from limiting your liability uh, because of that commingling. And in general, if you're conducting business, that's a different thing than your personal finances, different category of expense, different reasons for incurring expenses. It's going to be a lot easier just from a bookkeeping perspective for you personally to keep separate sets of books. And then if you're farming out um, you know, the bookkeeping, like if you hire a bookkeeper or whatever you might do later, uh, that person isn't going to want to sort through your like grocery store receipts and you know uh, oil changes and stuff like you, you that person is going to want all those transactions separate anyway whole lot easier to do that if you have a whole set of uh, other accounts with their own ledgers so um, this is really the reasoning I would say behind uh, why you wouldn't just use your personal account for this um, uh, you know if, if you trust me and what I'm saying and the advice I give in this video is maybe just take it on faith you will regret it if you um, if you start a freelance practice and you use your personal accounts for it. Um, so moving on, the, I'd recommend that you get an EIN and LLC. Why would you do those things? Again, for the LLC, it's the limitation of liability. Um, for an EIN, uh, you need that for tax purposes for your LLC. And I think like literally if you go to the Chase or wherever you bank and you're like, hey, I want to open a business account, they're going to say, great, go get an EIN. So you're going to need to do that anyway. I don't know how this works in other countries if you're watching from somewhere else, just in the U.S., but um, you, in order to have a business account, I think you need to name the business. You need to have some kind of DBA, and then you will need that EIN. Um, again, easier if you get an LLC. Uh, sorry, so a DBA is a doing business as. It's basically a sole proprietorship, but you give yourself a name. I think the banks want your business to have a name, but don't do that. Start an LLC, get yourself a tax ID. Um, Again, if for YouTube, I can actually link to a, um, a video I once did that was like um, actually the process of me live applying. Like I, I streamed um, for one of my businesses getting an EIN. It's really not a complicated process. You just kind of fill out a form on the IRS website. So go get yourself that EIN. Go get yourself that LLC. <clears throat> That's table stakes for the rest of the advice I'm going to give here. Um, so actually, if you're planning this out, do those two things first, and then you're going to need that anyway for the business bank account. So plan, I don't know, two to four weeks um, to get your paperwork back from the state government for your incorporation. And um, I, don't, I think the EIN actually happens pretty quickly. They might send that to you uh, over email in a day or something. But anyway, I'd allow that time to get incorporated, get your EIN, and then plan to head to the bank in two to four weeks. So once you're at the bank, what should you get there? Well, first of all, you're going to um, gonna need a checking account. I mean, I think... I don't know, can you just open a savings account? I don't really know. You're going to want a checking account. This is number one, where you're going to receive most of your payments. If people send you checks, you're going to deposit them in checking. It's also where you're going to issue payments um, for some things. Like if you uh, take on subcontractors or something, you'll quite likely um, issue them checks or like ACHs, um, which is like a way of sending money out of your checking account. The checking account for your business is going to be the inflow and outflow of cash for the most part. Um, in it, you're going to want to keep enough 
cash on hand to pay your credit card bill when you incur credit card expenses to pay any debts you owe. So if you start taking on subcontractors, for instance, um, you'll want to have enough money in there for that. Um, if you get bigger and you start doing payroll uh, and so on down the line. So um, your default setup as a freelancer or checking account, it would be kind of like with your um, personal finances, you're going to probably want to use this as the more liquid account. It's where money will come in and it's where you'll send out checks. Um, the next thing I would say is that, oh, uh, you know, it's probably worth actually bringing up if um, if you have overseas business, you may do wire transfers. And I don't know if you can do wire transfers um, to or from savings accounts, but in my experience, all the wires I do, inbound and outbound, um, go to and from checking. Those come with some fees, so try to avoid them if you can. Uh, but if you can't, uh, that's where you're going to also um, do those transactions from. Uh, wire transfers are typically common, like with overseas clients. I don't think a lot of domestic clients would do that, but it's another way to like exchange money. Um, but the fees are kind of a bummer. Uh, next up, you're going to have a savings account. Now, for a simple freelance practice, the thing that I would use your savings account for is maybe you deposit enough rainy day money in there, like seed money for your business, um, to avoid paying whatever maintenance fee there is on that account. So maybe you keep like a thousand dollars in there. And then it doubles as uh, avoiding those maintenance fees and like, you know, rainy day fund for the business. Another important thing, though, that I would recommend um, for your freelance practice is use that savings account to store money that you're going to send to the IRS every quarter and to also your state government. What happens is if you're used to being an employee, when you get a paycheck as an employee, um, your employer withholds money from that paycheck. That's why your paycheck is for $5,000 or whatever, but you get like $3,600. Some of that is state and federal income tax. Um, there's the FICA, like Social Security and that type of stuff. 401k, there's all these like deductions that happen. So there's this amount of money you theoretically are due, and then the amount of money you get uh, after all of this withholding. Well, when you're freelancing, there's no withholding. That's not a thing. So if um, I were paying you five, that same $5,000 to do some work, uh, out of hit subscribe, I would just write you a check for $5,000. I don't withhold money from you as a contractor or as a business. That's your problem, not mine. So what this means is when you get that $5,000 check, you still owe, uh, you know, $1,300 in federal and state taxes. It's just up to you to remit that to the government. And if you're freelancing full time, you don't just get to do that once a year. The uh, government uh, wants its money more frequently than that, you have to do what are called quarterly estimated tax payments. So once a quarter, and fun fact, it's not actually a quarter. The quarter lengths are like three months, two months, three months, and four months. So yeah, you'll wind up owing penalties just because of that stupidity. But uh, yeah, don't fall into that trap. I did once or twice. Um, anyway, once every quarter-ish, you have to send the IRS and the state government these estimated payments. Now, what I would recommend doing is kind of a rule of thumb, I guess, is you could figure out what your federal and state tax um, rate would be. Like, for instance, in Michigan, where we have home base, uh, the state tax rate is a flat 4.25%. And then I think I set aside taxes around the 25% rate for the federal bracket. So basically what this means is if I were freelancing and I got a check for $10,000, I would immediately take 3,000 of it, so about 5% for state and about 25% for Fed, and I would put it into this savings account, and I would just leave it there. That way, when the next quarter rolls around, uh, I just empty out that account to the IRS. 
or at least whatever I'd put in above the rainy day fund. So your savings account um, on the business side can make for a great place um, to keep track of that money and to make it pretty easy for you not to have to do a lot of rigmarole to calculate what you owe. So if you're keeping a baseline of $1,000 in there and it's quarterly estimated tax time and you've got $5,000 in there, you just send $4,000 in estimated payments and you're good. Um, one slightly more advanced thing that you could potentially do um, in that savings account or even open up a secondary savings account is um, I would think about putting profit in there, meaning if you think about your freelance business, think about what you might have to pay someone of your job description and then pay yourself a salary and um, anything on top of that that you take in and don't spend on business operating expenses, you can put into that other account and think of as profit. This is fairly advanced or at least intermediate for a, a freelancer, but this is a way to start thinking of your business beyond just kind of creating a job for yourself but with more frequent changes of boss. Um, this is a way that you could start to build a profitable business instead of a business where just all the revenue that you make you just take out and put in your pocket. And I won't go into that too much here, but if you're so inclined, there's a book called Profit First that kind of talks about this. Um, if you're interested in the subject of having a business that has like profits and dividends, um, you could go read up on it. And a good way to do that is with a secondary, or I guess you could use a primary savings account and just tag it differently, but putting a little bit of surplus money in there so it's growing. And then you can take it out as like a quarterly dividend or bonus. Um, the next thing is a credit card. Why would you do this? Um, convenience, I, I think, largely. I mean, so you can build like points and get some rewards by doing things that way. But as part of your business expense situation, um, as a freelancer, you're going to incur some expenses probably in the form of like pieces of software that you buy. And it's just easier to pay for stuff like that with a credit card. I mean, I guess you could um, pay for them with your business's debit card. But like from a cash flow perspective, um, once you spend money out of your checking account, it's just gone, which I guess, you know, if you're a personal finance, I don't know. Um, some people don't like to do that, but on the business side, I would because um, uh, it gives you more. Like if you have to pay subcontractors, for instance, um, emptying out money from your checking account to pay for your, like, whatever SaaS bill is less important to you than paying those um, subcontractors, and you're probably going to have to pay them out of checking. So it kind of lets you retain, it gives you a little bit of debt leverage, for instance, like you could just pay the minimum on the credit card bill, but if you're emptying all that out of checking, you can't. And debt in the business world is a different animal than debt in your personal finances. It can be more of a tool with leverage that you want access to. Um, so for instance, as a trivial example, let's say that um, you uh, wanted to sign some like mega freelance client and they were going to do this deal with you that was hundreds of thousands of dollars. The only catch is they pay you net 60, so um, you're not going to see any money for 60 days. And you also need to take out a bunch of subcontractors who maybe don't want to wait that long to get paid. So now you're in a crunch. Even though you don't have any bad debt, you have a few hundred thousand dollars coming to you in a couple months, you don't have cash right now. So in that situation, like if you were able to finagle a way to pay your subcontractors with the credit card, even you know with a bit of interest on that, it's still totally worth it. So 
Um, debt tends to be a different animal in business and using a credit card or having a credit card with a credit limit at your disposal gives you access to that debt. It's important in a business to have access to capital even when you have to go into the red temporarily. So um, yeah, I'd have that credit card. I mean, it also just makes things easier and more convenient, um, at least I've found, and you do get those points. And as your business grows, those kind of add up. Um, and then finally, the last thing is I would suggest having a PayPal account. This one is maybe a little more optional, but the thing is um, right out of the gate with like the basic kind of finance stuff you're used to on the personal finance side, you don't have, to my knowledge, a good way to like say, for instance, accept credit card payments. Well, if you get a PayPal account, you know, for their transaction fee or whatever, you can do that. If you're freelancing and you're doing like high ticket freelancing, in a lot of cases, this won't be relevant. Companies will want to pay you with checks or ACHs or whatever. Um, but if you develop like a lower tier service offering, you know, maybe you do like a, um, I don't know, a $2,000 website build or something, you may at the lower end of that type of thing get clients that just want to swipe a credit card and pay you that way. Uh, by the way, um, pro tip, if you can get into a situation where clients can pay you with a credit card, which is like a petty cash kind of situation, a lot less approval, a lot less red tape in your sales cycle. So that can actually be a really good thing. A lot of people in like mid-level management in the organization will have company credit cards and budgets that are low at their disposal and they could just swipe the card. That's easier than if you're charging them $100,000. There are going to be all kinds of sign-offs on that. So anyway, um, especially if you're developing and offering at the lower tier, or maybe you're just doing something like, you know, have a, you have a book or an info product you're selling. Um, it gets a lot easier if you have a way, like a brokerage like PayPal to um, accept credit card payments and even to issue certain kinds of payments that can make it easier to do business with people overseas. There are other options. PayPal is just the one I'm familiar with. I'm really not as much um, with hit subscribe in the details of this anymore. Like I don't have a lot to do with um, how we send and receive invoices uh, anymore these days. Um, so like transfer wise, there's like other subscription services you could have. But PayPal is a good easy one to sign up for. I've signed up for like three different PayPal accounts in the past. Um, so yeah, I would do that. Um, and I think that's really kind of it. Hopefully that's not like overcomplicating things. I mean, your to-do list is fairly simple. You're going to start your business and do that stuff, which can be a little intimidating. But the rest of this is this kind of stuff you've done in your you know, basic life. You just go into the bank and you're like, hey, I want to set up a business account. They ask for your EIN, but then honestly from there, it's really just like going into a new bank. You set up a, um, a credit card, a savings and checking account, and you can do all that in the span of an hour and then you're good to go. And then PayPal is a separate thing, but like, you know, once you get home from the bank, um, you can just set it up. Although that one, you might have to wait a little. There's some stuff like setting up with a new credit card or check. I don't know. You might want to wait a little bit on the PayPal, but again, it's, it's pretty easy to do. And even when you have to wait, I think it's just that they hold your payments for a few days in the beginning until you build credit with them. So anyway, um, yeah, hopefully that helps. Uh, just to recap real quick once again, yes, I would absolutely have a business bank account if you're going to be a freelancer. And more than that, I would have um, checking savings, credit card, and I'd set up a PayPal account. So hopefully that helps, and I will catch you next time.